for a moment. Uh, amen. He left you hanging. Amen. I'm telling you, we were we came uh, back from out west um, early January, and uh, I think we were in service with the bishop Riggin one time, and then I went to Waynesville, Missouri, and I have spent the last uh, five and a half, almost six weeks there, and uh, I have ne- my wife and I talk. We have never seen a move of God like it's happening there, and uh, I feel like I- I'm gonna just say this. I feel like it's going to happen here. I feel like it's going to happen here. Amen. Amen. When everybody gets in one mind and one accord, amen, you're going to have revival. Amen. And uh, I'm not here to, uh, to show me or anything. I'm here to help this man have revival. And he said, we're going to have revival. Amen. Amen. And uh, the uh, man that... Uh, they baptized, and he uh, he he was a fir- he was first time he'd been there, and uh, he came. I hadn't even quite finished preaching. He walked up down the aisle, and he just was crying and sobbing, and he said, "I need God." And he he I preached a message on hell, and uh, he said, "I'm tired of living this way," and uh, so. Amen. Brother Smith is the pastor's name, and he said to tell you hello, by the way. And uh, he, he, uh, he said, well, he said, you know, I've heard you repent. He said, I mean, I heard you. And, I mean, he was repenting. And uh, he asked, he said, uh, the next thing is to be baptized is what the Bible says. He went through the plan of salvation with him very quickly. He said, man, I want to be baptized. So they waited till Monday night, and he said, can you be here tomorrow night? He said, yeah, I'd be here. And uh, so amen, he came, and they put him down in the water. And, um, and, of course, Brother Smith talked to him a little bit about it and told him when he come up out of the water to just lift his hands and praise God. And uh, when that man came up out of the water, uh, water was going everywhere. I mean, and he, if Brother Smith hadn't had him, he'd have probably went back under the water. And he came up and back, and I think three times, wasn't it? And uh, uh, it was a very, very powerful move of God. And God gloriously filled that man with the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, amen. Amen. Y'all pray for him. Amen. The man's got cancer, and uh, I think it's in remission right now. But uh, uh, I'm just asking everybody to pray for him. His name's Don. And so you can pray for Don. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, God is moving. I don't know how many of you heard about the supposed revivals in, in all of the colleges. Have you heard about that? Anybody heard about it? I'm telling you, God, and I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm not against anybody drawing closer to God. And, uh, but I believe, amen, we have the real revival. We have the real revival. And, uh, amen, what God is doing at those colleges is uh, and they're talking about awakening and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, the real awakening is right here in this church, right here at this church. Amen. Praise God. I feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. So if you have your Bibles, if you turn me to 2 Kings chapter 4, I want to say what an honor it is to be back here. Um, and uh, I had called Brother Hilton and told him, and uh, he said, well, he said, when you get done there, he said, uh, uh, just let me know. So I called him when we came back this week, and and uh, uh, he said, come on. So here we are. I'm not here for any show. I'm just here to obey God. Amen. Second uh, Kings chapter 4, I'm going to start reading at verse number 8. Amen. When you have it, say read. And it fell on a day that Elisha passed by to Shunem, where there was a great woman, and she constrained him to eat bread. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. And, he, and she said unto her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. I want you to notice he had passed by her way before. Because which passeth by us continually. 
Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall, and let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick, and it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither, and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gedehi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. And he said, What then is to be done for her? Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. When he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my Lord, and thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. Now, I've heard this story preached, amen, about, and I myself have preached from this story before, but as I read back through these verses, again, something caught my attention that this Shunammite woman said in verse number 9. I had always just seemingly glanced over what this woman told her husband, but this time I really noticed what she said. It is where this Shunammite woman tells her husband, Behold, now I perceive that this is a holy man of God which passeth by us continually. When she says, I perceive, she uses the Hebrew word yada, which properly means to ascertain by seeing or to have an understanding. And please understand that at this particular time, this woman had never seen Elisha perform any miracles. Yet she told her husband that she perceived or that she ascertained by seeing, if you will, that Elisha was a holy man of God. However, as I went back over these verses, there is not even any indication given in our text that Elisha had ever been to Shunem before, except where it said he'd passed by her. And neither do we see these scriptures bear any record that this woman had ever seen Elisha before again, except that he passing by. For that matter, she had never heard about him before that particular day. So what finally dawned on me is that uh, it was not a matter of her having to physically see anything miraculous uh, uh, that Elisha had done, and neither did she require any type of a physical demonstration, uh, amen, to gain an understanding that Elisha was a man of God. What this woman was saying is, I am seeing beyond the natural. I'm seeing something in the supernatural. I have a spiritual understanding that this man, Elisha, is a holy man of God. Uh, amen. Amen. Somebody say praise the Lord. There's an old saying that says seeing is believing. But within the spiritual realm, it's exactly the opposite. In order to receive the best things from God, you must believe to see. And in this story where we've taken our text, this Shunammite woman didn't have to see to believe. She believed to see. So it's from this portion of verse number 9 I want to preach from the subject, believe it to see it. Somebody say believe it. To see it. Amen. Brother Hilton, would you pray? Amen. I'm asking you, God, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Oh, God. Woo, I love you, Jesus. Uh, I love you. Let's go ahead and praise him. It feels good right now, doesn't it? Amen. The man of God just touched God. Let's praise God for it. Uh, amen. In Jesus' name, we love you, God. We love you. Uh, we bless your name. We praise you. We magnify you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God, we love you. My, my, my. In Jesus' name. 
God bless you. Thank you for standing. Amen. Amen. Shake hands with somebody as you're seated and say, I'm glad you're in church today. My, my. The day that you really hear, the day that you really hear and heed the Word of God is the most important day in your life because the Word of God is the power of God. Please understand that your healing is in the Word. Your deliverance is in the Word. Your victory is in the Word. Your joy is in the Word. Your peace is in the Word. Your anointing is in the Word. And your destiny is in the Word. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, we're told in the beginning, amen, was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. And in Him was life. And the life was was the light of men. Then verse number 14 declares, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Everything begins with the Word. Can I hear an amen? You can shout, you can dance, you can holler, you can talk in tongues, even jump a few pews, but you haven't even got started until you get in the Word and the Word gets in you. Amen. I don't know what your situation is, your condition, or even your problem is, but I do know what your answer is. I do know your, what your solution is. Amen. It is the Word of God. Can I hear an amen? Amen. The 107th Psalm, verse 20, informs us, He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. It's been said that prayer is the key to heaven, but faith unlocks the door. And I guess that statement is probably true. But if that is in fact the case, then faith is the hand that reaches out and takes a hold of the blessings of God. But it is the Word of God that quickeneth the hand of faith. Amen. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. In the fifth chapter of the Gospel of Luke, verse 17 tells us that it came to pass on a certain day as Jesus was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which had come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of God was present to heal them. It says that Jesus was teaching. Here was the word incarnate. Amen. Delivering the word and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. When the word is in the house, the miracle work and power of God will also be in the house because they are inseparable. You cannot separate. Amen. God God from his word. Amen. Because that's the reason I read John 1 and 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Amen. They are inseparable. Then in the very next chapter of the Gospel of Luke, chapter 6, we read the story of the man with the withered hand. Jesus was in the synagogue teaching, and verse number 7 tells us that the scribes and the Pharisees watched him, whether he would heal on the Sabbath day, that they might find an accusation against him. Verse number 8 says, but he knew their thoughts. And said to the man which had the withered hand, Rise up and stand forth in the midst. And he arose and stood forth. And as this man was standing there, Jesus, amen, poses a question to the scribes and the Pharisees. He says, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath day to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? And then while he's looking around at every one of them, Jesus commands this man with the withered hand. He said, stretch forth thy hand. At the very word, from the very word made flesh, amen, Scripture tells us that as this man did what Jesus told him to do, his withered hand was restored whole as his other hand. Woo! I'm telling you, that's some kind of power. Amen. Let me just say this.
That revival we just came out of, amen, it was the most powerful move of God I've ever seen. But I'm going to say something, amen, you can have it right here. I don't know why I said that. I said you can have it right here. Anybody believe God for a revival? Anybody believe God for it? Let's praise him for it right now in Jesus' name. God, I believe your name. I believe your word. God, what I'm trying to tell someone in this place is when the word is in the house, the power of God will be also. And if you need something from God, all you have to do is believe it to see it. Did anybody hear what I just said? All you have to do is believe it to see it. The prophet Elisha represents the word of God, the presence of God, and the power of God, and consequently every good thing that you can receive from God. Verse number 8 of our text reading says that Elisha passed, amen, to Shunem, and in Shunem there was a great woman. And I cannot help but wonder if that Elisha was here right now, would he find a great woman or a great man? I wonder if he would find someone willing to prepare a place for him. You see one of the things that made this woman great was that she made a place for the man of God. And by her making a place for the man of God, she also made a place for the word of God to live in her home. Oh my, my I feel the Holy Ghost. Someone in this place needs to understand that it's not enough to just sit in service after service after service and hear the word. You have to make a place for the word. And you have to take hold of the word and pull it into your own world. No wonder Solomon wrote, amen, in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22, my son, attend to my words, incline thine ears unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. And that's also why James tells us in the book of James, chapter 1, verses 23 through 25, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Amen. But whoso looketh into the law of liberty... The perfect law of liberty. And continue therein. He be not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. This man shall be blessed in his deed. The only word, amen, that the Bible promises will bring life to you and health to your flesh is the word that you listen intently to, the word that you look at continuously, the word that you obey and do, and the word that you keep in the midst of your heart. David had a revelation of this, for he tells us in the 119th Psalm, verse number 11, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against thee. I want the word of God hidden in my heart that I won't even, amen, make any attempt to sin. Amen. When we read that there was a great woman in Shunem, no doubt it is letting us know that this woman had a reputation of being kind and generous and hospitable, but that was not what made her a great woman. What it was that really made her great was her insight, her spiritual perception, her ability to discern where God was at work. I cannot help but wonder how many houses Elisha had passed that day before he came to this particular Shunammite woman's house. How many houses had he passed? How many people within those homes needed a move of God in their life? They needed a touch from God. They needed a miracle in their life but they failed to identify the anointing and they failed to recognize the presence and the power of God in the life of Elisha so they never received any help they never received any miracle and they never received anything at all from God 
One of the greatest gifts you can have as a child of God is what this Shunammite woman had, and that is the ability to spiritually perceive. Amen. Spiritual perception is much more than sight. It is the ability to see much more than what our mere eyes can see, to see a man beyond mere fleshly appearance, to see a man what is further than appears on the surface, or to have a spiritual understanding. I'm sure that many people saw Elisha pass by their houses and some of them might have even smiled and waved and said hello to him. But they failed to see what the Shunammite woman saw because they didn't possess any spiritual perception. Become spiritually perceptive. You're going to have to learn how to see with the heart and not with your head. Amen. You've got to get your head out of the way. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. You've got to get a revelation of this one God, Jesus' name, uh, baptism. Uh, amen. You got to get the truth down in your heart. Uh, uh, my God, there's a revelation waiting on you, uh, but you'll never get it with your head. Uh, amen. You're going to have to get it with your heart. Uh, and it. My so that's exactly the reason why some folks can never accept the fact that you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ instead of the titles Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because they can't get their head out of the way to let truth find its way into their heart. Uh, somebody praise him right now. But it's also the reason why some folks that claim to be apostolic cannot accept what's preached from the pulpit as the Word of God. And that's why they get mad when their pastor preaches something they don't like because their head's in the way. They don't let the Word of God get beyond the head into the heart. And because of this, they may they never develop any spiritual perception. I want you to understand there's about 18 inches from your head to your heart. Maybe a little bit different depending on your physical size. There's about 18 inches. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of people that go to hell over 18 inches. That's why so many sitting on apostolic pews can rebel against the authority of the man of God and hatefully say, well, just who does that pastor think he is? He's just a man. And does he have the right to tell me what to do? But that's where they're wrong. If he's a real man of God, he does have a right. The real problem is their head. The head's in the way of their heart. And because their head is in the way, amen, they never develop any spiritual perception. My God. This is why and how some can just seem to set when the Spirit of God is moving. That's why the glory of God can come down among us and they can never even realize it because they are too carnally minded, amen, to see it. The miracle work and power of God can pass through the house, but they fail to recognize it. The power of God can move right in front of them. Other folks can be shouting, dancing, running the aisles, but they're too focused on their spiritual problems, amen, to recognize the power. They don't possess any spiritual perception. Somebody lift up your hands and love him right now. Oh, God. I love you, God. I love you. The last time the man of God passed by them, they missed the revelation that there was a man of God in their midst. The last time that the glory came by, they missed it. The last time the power of God was present to heal, they missed it. The last time deliverance was in the house, they missed their breakthrough. Uh, the last time when the waters were troubled, they were too occupied uh, looking elsewhere, and they missed it. Uh, somebody in this place needs to make up their mind. The last time I missed it was the last time. I'm not going to miss it again. I'm watching now. I'm listening now. I'm preparing now. I'm going to get my head out of the way and let the Word make its way into my heart. I'm going to do whatever i got to do to get my revelation. I'll fast, I'll pray, I'll weep, I'll cry, I'll dance, I'll run the aisles, I'll roll on the floor, I'll shout my hair down, amen, whatever it takes to get the word beyond my head into my heart. By the help and grace of God, I want to do whatever it takes. I don't want to miss out what God wants to do in my life. 
Oh, somebody love him. No doubt there were many people in Shunem that missed their miracle or missed getting their need met all because of one reason. And the reason was pride. Many of them were too proud to admit they needed anything from God. What a contrast, amen, from the widow in the verse, uh, verses just prior to where we've taken our text. This widow had an urgent need. She was losing her sons to the creditor to pay off a debt. She put her pride aside and came running to the man of God and presented her case. And the end result was uh, she got out of debt, had had money to support herself and her two sons uh, for the rest of her life. Uh, Some of you have missed getting your need met. Uh, You missed getting your deliverance. Uh, You missed getting your miracle uh, and missed getting your breakthrough just because you were too proud. Uh, Your pride has cheated you out of your blessing. Uh, Oh, I said your pride has cheated you out of your blessing. Uh, Whatever it was, uh, amen, uh, whatever it was you were needing, uh, didn't come on your terms and so you were ready to throw a fit you were get ready to mad at, get mad at God mad at the preacher mad at your brother your sister mad at your boss or anyone else mad at your wife or your husband amen you thought stood in your way just because God didn't do it your way you were just like Naaman he came to the man of God thinking hey man the man of God was going to treat him royally instead Man of God didn't even come out of his house. He sent out his servant. The only thing the servant did was to tell Naaman to go dip in old muddy Jordan River. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 11, amen, I read where Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Naaman's pride and his presumptuous spirit almost cost him his miracle. He already had it figured out how he wanted his blessing, how he already had it figured out on the way in his mind, which he he felt he needed to get his breakthrough. And when God's man didn't come to his terms, he became angry. At first, Naaman said, I'm not going down there and dip seven times in that piddling little muddy stream that's supposed to pass for a river. Pride almost cost him his deliverance and his miracle. And it would have if it hadn't been for one of his servants being brave enough to tell him, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, wouldst thou have not done it? How much rather then when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. And it wasn't until Naaman did exactly what the man of God told him to do that he was healed of his leprosy. I'm trying to tell somebody, amen, in this place, pride will cost you. If you're not careful, your pride and your presumptuous spirit is going to cost you your family, your marriage, your health, uh, your healing, your miracle, your deliverance. You ultimately send your soul to hell. Uh, so many times we miss out on revival. Uh, we miss out on signs, wonders, and miracles. Uh, we don't receive our breakthrough uh, and our deliverance, and we miss, uh, amen, on blessings and, and mighty visitations from heaven, all because we let pride stand in our way, uh, and because of pride we fail to believe it, to see it. Because of our pride, we cannot perceive, amen, that sometimes God, amen, hides his anointing in a shepherd boy or or sometimes in a Gideon hiding out behind the wine press. Amen. Sometimes God puts his anointing in a stick like Aaron's rod that budded and blossomed and yielded almonds. And sometimes God puts his anointing in a bush that burns with fire but yet refuses to be consumed. Sometimes God takes, amen, somebody that nobody ever heard of before that comes out of some place that nobody ever expected. God puts his anointing on the inside of them and uses them to do great exploits for the kingdom of God. And far too many fail to accept it because it's not what they think it should be or it's not the way they expect it to be. I hope someone in this place is paying attention and doesn't miss what I'm trying to preach. One day this Shunammite woman looked at her husband and said, now I perceive or if I can 
can word it in this manner. Now my eyes and my spirit are open. Now I see something that already is there, but I didn't know it, and I didn't recognize it. Is anybody listening and understanding what I'm preaching today? Amen. Many times what you need is right in front of you, and you fail to recognize it. Uh, tell me, little woman, what is that you got in your house? Oh, it's just a little pot of oil. Amen. Amen. But that's all you need to meet the need. The miracle is already in the house. What's that in your hand, Moses? It's just a little rod. Stretch it out. I'll divide the Red Sea. Smite the rock. I'll bring water out of it. What's that in your hand, David? It's just a sling. Let me help you. Amen. And with it, we'll kill every Goliath that raises his ugly head. What's that in your hand, Samson? It's just the jawbone of a donkey. Let me help you with it. And we'll kill a thousand Philistines with it. I'm trying to tell somebody in this place. Amen. All you need is revelation. What you need is unveiling. What you need is to get some spiritual perception. What you need is to believe it, to see it. You don't need more faith. You need to use what you got. You don't need more power. You need to use what you got. You don't need more money. You need to learn how to use what you got. You don't need more authority. You need to use what you already have. My God, what you need is a revelation to see what's already here and the ability to put it to use. What you need a revelation of is it's already in the house. Somebody praise him. Thank you, God. Somebody praise him right now. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in the house. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in the house. Oh, my, my, my. In between... The many times that Elisha came by her house, this woman got a revelation. She recognized the anointing and the power of God in Elisha's life. Basically, she said to her husband, next time I'm going to be ready. Next time I'm going to be watching. Next time I'm going to be listening. Next time I'm going to be looking with the eyes of my spirit. Next time he passes by, I'm going to reach out and get a hold of him. I can hear this woman say, I refuse to let him pass me by one more time. This time I'm going to make room for him. I'm going to clear the clutter out of my life and create an environment for the man of God. The word of God, I'm going to make a man a room for the anointing of God to be comfortable in. Excuse all the construction noise, neighbor, but I've got to make some room. I've got to move some things around. I've got to get my priorities straightened out. There's some excesses in my life. They've got to go. Amen. There's some things I've got to clean out. There's some things I've got to get rid of. There's some things that have been holding me back. I've got to let go of. This woman was great because her spiritual eyes were open and she recognized the authority of the Word of God, the presence of God, and the anointing of God. Oh, when our text verse verses tell us that she constrained Elisha, it's telling us she was urgently restrained in him, letting us know that there was a sense of urgency with this woman, that she couldn't let this man pass by without doing something for him because she recognized the fact that there was anointing on him. The power of God was upon him, and she wanted that in her life. So in essence, this woman sought out the presence and the anointing of God. Some of you need to understand the anointing is on this man. I said the power of God is on this man. Amen. You need to quit looking at him like he's just amen, a little bitty boy. Amen. You need to recognize he's a man of God. Amen. If you want the presence of God in your life and the anointing of God in your life, recognize him for what he is. Every time we come to church, we ought to be constraining the presence of God. We need to be looking for where God is moving. Every time we come to church, 
We should be seeking a move of God, seeking out the anointing and the demonstration of the power of God. Don't just sit there on the pew in silence without even trying to pray, without even trying to worship. Don't sit there with no emotion or no feeling. Start constraining the presence of God. Start constraining the presence of God. If we ever hope, amen, to possess the abundant life that Jesus tells us he came to give us, then you're going to have to perceive and constrain the presence, the anointing, the power of God. Amen. Just take this a little further. You must be able to perceive or see yourself living in it. There's a saying in the advertisement world that perception is everything. Amen. That's not completely true in and of itself, but it does carry a lot of weight. Amen. Because regardless of what is seen with the natural eyes, amen, what is perceived by the heart to be true is the ruling and determining factor. I've come to this pulpit today to tell someone that's in this place that it's time for you to start believing to see it. It's time for you to start perceiving what God wants to do in you and in His church. My, my, my. When the woman, amen, when this woman, amen, perceived the divine nature of God that was in Elisha, she tapped into the potential and the power of God. Because when you read the rest of the story, you will find that God gave her at least two miracles. And when you perceive the divine nature of God, you will tap into the potential and the power of God. And just like the song says, there ain't no telling what God will do if you believe. Would you stand with me? There ain't no telling what God will do if you believe. Heal your body. He'll save your soul. He'll cleanse your heart and make you whole. There ain't no telling what God will do if you believe. Would you come to this altar and would you get, amen, ask God to open your eyes so you can believe it to see it and ask Ask you, God, to give me a spiritual perception. Uh, amen. Uh, come on, right now, would you come? Uh, amen. Uh, come on, come on. Uh, in Jesus' name, uh, would you constrain the presence, uh, the anointing, and the power of God? Uh, amen. Would you constrain, uh, amen, the presence uh, and the anointing, uh, amen, the power of God? Uh, oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Uh, I love you, God. I need you, God. Uh,
say something. You heard me talk about this revival. I left out a very important part. Brother Smith got up and told the church. He said, in the last couple months, we've seen our church double in size. And I, didn't, I don't say that to bring 
any embarrassment or even a false sense of whatever to this church. I'm telling you, when everybody gets involved, you can double in size. Yes, I believe it. Amen. I said you can double in size. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I tell you, we have seen what he's talking about. The last several weeks that we've had church here, God began moving in a mighty way. Let me tell you something. Well, I don't remember how many Sundays ago it's been at this point. I remember standing here. There was just a few of us here that morning. And we were teaching about, we started teaching about holiness. And then we started talking about what, what it was that began uh, drawing so many people. And I think what really triggered that conversation that morning was before I came to church, I read an article about the Asbury Revival. And it said that thousands of people were standing outside trying to get inside to feel what those people were feeling. And I said that day, I said, let me tell you something, church. If we want to see that kind of revival, we're going to have to develop that kind of hunger. And that Saturday I had seen a video of a man, I don't remember his name, but I told the story of how that man healed, not the man, the man didn't heal nobody. But God used this man and the faith of the man and the mother of this child. And I told, I told those that were here that morning and that God just came in and met with us. And we finished, I talked about a young, a young child who I watched the, the uh, it was a preacher, he was testifying to what he had seen and, and he began to explain that he had seen, he had actually talked to this young lady and got her to come to this tent revival that was being held, and it was all televised. Um, and so you can very easily find what I'm talking about out there on the Internet. And I began to watch, and I began to listen to this man talk, and he said, you know, I, I talked to her, and she came in faith. The, the man, Brother Mays, he, he, the way he did things was, people would get a number at the beginning of the revival. And if he, if God gave him that number while he was ministering that week, he would call the number on the card and the person would come up. I don't know how much, I don't know how much was legit that this man did. But I do know this much, that the mother has testified of it. And, and there, are, there are newspaper articles of this child. And this child, I think it was some 26 diseases this child was born with. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what they all were. I know this much: he didn't have formed feet. He didn't. His heart was not right. He couldn't speak. He couldn't hear. He was blind. This child had many problems. And uh, as that week went by, this woman came in faith, and she got her number, and she held that number in faith. Come the last week, the last day of this revival, she found the man that had invited her to come, that had told her that God could heal her child. And she spent almost everything she had to get there. And she came to that man and she said, Man, is he gonna do what is he gonna do that or not? Because he ended up off in different areas. You know how it gets. Sometimes I come with, with prepared notes and I end up off in some other direction because that's the direction God wanted me to go. And he said that that's what happened that week. Instead of performing healings, God used him to deal with situations and, and to teach the people how to, how, to, how, to, how to work in their lives and to grow in their relationship with God. And that final night, he told, he told this lady, she said, I have $20 left. All I have is a $20 bill. That's all I got. That's all I got. She said, and I still have to pay for gas to get back home. She was six or eight hours away from home. And I need to pay for the hotel room tonight. She said, but I still believe God can heal my baby. He told her, he said, just come one more time. He said, if he doesn't call for, for your number, he said, I will personally come get you and I will take you to his quarters after service and I will have him pray for your child. 
She said, okay, I'll come. She came, and that night, things began to go, and, and it didn't look like he was going to do what he said he was going to, he wasn't going to be calling numbers yet again. But as I, as I watched and listened to this man, he said, then lo and behold, he said, I, he shifted. And he said, I see a big white building. And in essence, to shorten this up, he began to go through the whole scenario. In his mind, he saw the hospital where this child was born. He said, I see something about 26 diseases. He said, I see a vehicle that's driving on this main interstate right out here in front of this tent. And he stopped and he said, ma'am, you're here. And he said, God's going to heal your child. That day, but before they even got to that, I had totally skipped this. This is, a, is, a, is an important piece. That, that night, before he got up and, and God began to show him who it was and what it was he wanted to do, he said, you know what? I feel like we need to take up another offering. And so he had them bring out the buckets, and they set them up on the platform. And, and how they did it, the people would get up, and they would come, and they would give. And that man that was testifying, he said, I know, as soon as he said, I want, I'm going to take up another offering, he said, I looked up. He said, and that young lady, he said, she wasn't just sitting there, or she wasn't just, she wasn't just sitting there for sure. He said, but she wasn't just meandering down the aisle to come give. He said, I watched as she jumped out of her chair and she ran down the aisle and she put something in that bucket. And he said this, he said, I'm curious, I'm a man. I wanted to know what she put in there. He said, I went to that bucket. It was the only thing in there. It was a $20 bill and I know that's all she had. Let me tell you something, church. What I'm trying to get across to us today is simply this. You've got to understand, when God asks you to move, whether it makes sense or not, it's time to move. And if, you're, if you want to see what God wants to do in your life, you've got to be willing to step forward and say, God, I don't care if it's my last $20 in my entire life. I'm coming and I'm going to give it to you. And God responded and God healed that baby. And that man began to tell that uh, of the story. He said, I watched. He said, as, as uh, is there a man called A.W. Tozer? Was he a healer? Or was it, he a, yeah, I know he's gone now. Was he on TV? <laughs> anyway, that's the, my, that's the name that comes to mind, but it, I'm going to have to look it up. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. If you want to know, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll tell you who it was. He, I'll tell you this much. Whoever it was wasn't pre proclaiming all of the truth, but God used him in a mighty way. And uh, let me tell you something. And, and God responds to faith, and he responds to hunger, folks. God responds to faith and hunger. And let me tell you something. How much more beneficial can, can a people be that grasps a hold of truth and goes out there? Not, not partial truth, folks. I'm talking about real truth. That God has given to you and revealed to you that you can take and you can change lives with. God wants to use us, folks. He wants to use us. Not just Pastor Hilton, not just the Hilton family, not just Brother Tuffy, not just Brother Blue, but I'm talking about every single one of us that are sitting in this place today. There are people out there. Amen. Sister, Sister Kim, there's, there's Ambers out there that need the Holy Ghost. They need a change in their life. Let me tell you something. God is using us. God is calling us so that we can be used by him. I told the church in Olathe a few weeks ago, I said, look, I believe with all of my heart, amen, God's not just calling for preachers to come out and begin to proclaim truth, but he's looking for people who will be faithful, who will say, here I am, God. I am here. Use me. Use me. Hallelujah. We need more 
I'm telling you, I don't have to go and pray for every sick person and they be healed. You can go and pray for these people. Amen. When somebody asks you, will you pray for me? Well, I'll tell my pastor that you need prayer. No, come on now. You have the power to pray for them and see them delivered and see them healed and see them changed. You have that power. Amen. Praise God. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that you folks have been responding the way that you have in the last few services. I, I'm just, the only reason I'm up here right now is because I'm, I want you to understand what, what we have begun to see in the last few weeks. I do not want to let up on that thing. I want to see what God wants to do around here. I don't want to just go and, until I'm, I just can't go no more. But I do know this. If God's calling us to do it, God will give us the strength to do it. God will, God will give us the equipment that we need. God will, Elder Howard says it all the time. If it's the will of God, it's going to be affordable and it's going to be doable. Period. Maybe we don't have all the funds. I can promise you we don't have a lot. But I can promise you this, if God wants to make it happen, it will happen. Praise God. Finishing up that story, I said that, that young child, he had, he, had, he had clubs for feet. He didn't, have, uh, he didn't have formed feet. But that man said, he said, I watched as they were praying for him, that his feet, he said, you ever seen Plato? You can just form it. He said, I watched as his foot just begin to form out. He said, I watched. I watched as his, all of a sudden, something happened in his mouth. We heard a snap. And his tongue that was cleaving to the top of his mouth released and he could speak. God touched his deaf ears. God gave him sight. God, gave, God healed this child. And the preacher, after he finished praying for him and after God had just healed him, that child, he put him down on his own two feet, and that child walked to his mother. Let me tell you, when God does stuff, God doesn't do it halfway, my friends. When God does it, he heals them. That child had never walked before. But when God got done, he had the strength in his legs to walk, and he had the understanding of how to use those legs to walk to his mother. And he was able to speak clearly. Mom. Mama, as he walked to his mother. Who, I, I wasn't there. All I know is what they said, okay? I'm just relaying to you what somebody else testified about. I wasn't there, but I can tell you this much. When God performed the miracle, when God performs the miracle, God's at work right here in this church. And it's not just affecting this church. I, I'm telling you, it's not just affecting this church. You can talk to Valerie and ask Valerie what's happening in her family right now in Branson, Missouri. All because somebody got stirred up. Sister Cecilia and, and Brother, Brother Mendez. Brother, I'm telling you, they had a hunger. It's D'Angelo, right? Just, what, two weeks ago? The Mendezes weren't here in church with us that weekend. But they were in another service. Well, that was three weeks ago. The week after that, D'Angelo got baptized in Jesus' name. And we're praying God's going to fill him with the Holy Ghost. I haven't heard if he's got the Holy Ghost yet, but that God's going to give him the Holy Ghost. Amen. God's doing a work in the Santos family. God's working in Branson this week, this week, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you go. This week. Brother Mendez called me, said he had two friends of his. Some I think they were from prison, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. One of them lives close. I don't know where the other one lives at, but they began talking to him. And one of them was supposed to have been here today. I can tell you this much. The devil was at work this week trying to stop all these things. Amen. I I believe that the enemy knows that we have a people here that are ready and willing to say yes, whatever you need, God. And so he's going to do everything he can to distract us and to cause us to be uncomfortable. Amen. But we can press on. We can press on. Because he will give us strength. And he will give us the power that we need. Amen.
Praise God. Sister Rini, I'm, I'm still believing for complete healing. 100%. God's able. Amen. God's already touched Brother Mendez. He's sick this morning to his stomach, but his back's not, not as bad from what he told me yesterday. And so thank God for that. And I want to say thank you, church, for praying. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I love y'all very much. Let's go out there and let's keep, let's keep on plugging in and let's keep on pressing on. Amen. This week, this week, I uh, will come here. We'll meet up at on Wednesday night. Mazes will be with us. Man, do your best to be here. And uh, I promise you, God will bless you for it. Amen. God will bless you for it. You, I can tell you this much. Wednesday nights, God has, God has used uh, us in Wednesday nights. God's got done some pretty awesome things. We've done, we've dug really deep. And Brother Tuffy, I told you a few weeks ago, I said, I want to see that happen on, on Sundays too. And you know what? It's happening. It's happening. And I'm thankful for it. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise before we wrap up today. Lord, we love you. Oh, we magnify you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Brother Tuffy, if you want to come help us out this morning. Hallelujah. And give us unto the Lord. Praise God. You want to pray? Go ahead. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We want his blessings. Just a quick couple of quick things. Um, March the 17th. March the 17th is the youth route. The youth rally, the youth service in Olathe, and they're going to be hosting that as I'll be out of town that weekend, and we're going to have a good time, I believe, in the Holy Ghost, that you're going to have a good time in the Holy Ghost. Um, I do know this much, if you want or need rides, or you find out there are some folks that need rides, I've talked to my brother, and he, he said that they're willing, and they're going to make sure that we can get folks down here to pick folks up. Um, I know that many of you have already said, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll help out as well. So just, just let me know if you need any help getting folks up there. I won't be there personally. My plan is to, my, my kids will stay with my, my mom or my, my in-laws so that they can be there. Um, that, way, that way we have folks from our church and it's not just visitors from here. Amen. So. Uh, so my children will be there. My wife has to work that night, but you don't have to work that night. Okay, sorry. I'm used to her working every Friday night, and so anyway, every Friday night and every Sunday night. And guess what? My wife don't work tonight. Hey, Amen. <laughs> I'm excited. All right, so uh, that so March seventeenth is the youth service. Um, then March twenty fourth is our kids church. We're going to be doing a Friday night kids church. So let's let's uh, let's get the word out. I'm going to be putting together a flyer so we can get that information out. Uh, we we want to go find kids and bring them with us and uh, get them in here. We're going to have a good time. Just uh, we're going to be clowning around and we're going to be uh, getting serious. And hopefully the kids learn something about Jesus. And then Easter is April the 9th. Just FYI, don't forget, it's coming up quickly. Also, last bit, March the 12th. Spring forward your clocks. All right, so if you don't, if you forget, you will be super late for